Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome into the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account to get amazing odds boosts every single day. Baseball is coming back and we are going with Operation 69 for our pick of the week. The Rockies under over 69 wins. Actually, it's 68 and a half. So if they get to 69, if they get to the nice number, they pay your bet. Go bet on it. The Rockies, look, they're never a great team, but they've never lost 100 games pretty much ever in their history. So I I think maybe it happened once. Not sure. Either way, go bet on the Rockies to get to 69 wins. It's going to happen. It happens every year. They always hit their over on wins, even if they don't make the playoffs. So get over to DraftKings and make some money on the Rockies. Rudo, Jesse, and AJ coming at you today. Going to be answering a bunch of listener questions across the course of the show. Uh, Of course, the first question and the news of the day, it being reported that Nathan McKinnon was out skating and shooting pucks today. So certainly a positive note there. I don't want to make too much of it either, though. Jury's still out on on where McKinnon is exactly, correct? Yeah, Yeah, I mean, we have no no timeline uh, for it, and... um, the whole thing has just been really weird today. Like, uh, you know, Adrian reporting that, that that he was out there, but then there was video, but there's no, we don't, nobody has the video. And uh, it, it the whole thing is just very, like, uh, it's all very, like, like it's very cagey. Well, like, so, so they didn't have, they didn't have practice today, uh, traveling back i'm sure they traveled back last night or maybe they did, did this morning but no so no official practice today uh so we won't be able to talk to coach until tomorrow um but it did sound like yeah he was out there taking shots skating with Sean Laird skills coach so um de- definitely a positive i i don't i don't doubt that he was out there but yeah the whole video no video Thing was a little weird, but uh, yeah, I mean, either way, the fact that he's out there shooting, handling pucks, that, that like that is a positive sign. Um, I saw a couple of the questions, uh, you know, that people were sending in for the show, like, well, what kind of happened? I thought the concern level was high, and I was willing to talk about this last night, but I did want to wait till we got a little bit more information on Nate. But there was something a couple weeks ago, it actually may have even been the Landeskog thing where Jared Bednar described the concern level as high. Like, look, 
when any one of your guys gets hurt and is going to miss any reasonable amount of time or any any amount of time, your your concern level is high. You don't know exactly what it is. You're concerned about are they going to get in there and find something else? Um, I've kind of been of the opinion for the last 24 hours that this is all not precautionary, but just being overly cautious. It, I do think it is interesting when you compare how they're handling this McKinnon situation compared to the Landis God one, right? McKinnon, the concern level is high. There's no solid details. It's kind of murky. With Landis God was like, yep, he's getting knee surgery. He's out exactly six weeks. He'll right. be back for the playoffs. Yeah. Moving on. <laughs> so right, right. It doesn't feel certainly as concrete. And honestly, I think that's probably a good sign for McKinnon's health. Um, Look, I mean, he finished, he finished that game. Uh, he stayed with the team overnight. So that meant that he woke up the next day and was like, yeah, this is kind of hurting. They sent him back. There, there, there's no point, you know, there's, there's no good reason not to. Um, it was so, funny. It was funny to, to, to watch everybody split themselves yesterday into the factions of what does it mean to send a player back early? Because for me, I'm always just like, ah, I think that it just means that they need to get more information about what's going on. Mm -hmm. Because it turns out that whatever hotel they're staying at doesn't have an MRI machine or, you know, like what, you know, an x-ray machine, like whatever they're after, right? Right. And it's just like, instead of just going to the hospital, like just go back to Denver, go use the team facilities, see what you got to do, you know, and... Then go from there. You know, we could he could he could be in the lineup tomorrow. I don't think he will be, but he could be in the lineup tomorrow. He could. We may not. You know, we could. He has to lose in round one. He doesn't play another game for them this season. We have. We just don't. There's no clarity. So. Either things could be true. I will say I would be shocked if Nathan McKinnon isn't playing in game one of the playoffs. Yeah, uh, just I, you know, unless he broke his entire arm up off of his body, that dude will be playing for the playoffs. So anything yeah. is possible, but would be very surprised if McKinnon missed playoff games based on this injury. I was gonna say, just and you just go back, whatever that was, a month, maybe a little bit more than that, when he sat out the game in Detroit. And again, it was one of those things where he woke up. Something was feeling a little tight, a little sore. So I was like, cool, take the night off. We don't need you going out there and aggravating anything, potentially making something worse when, yeah, we're concerned with winning games right now. You know, we're, we're playing to win every night, but we really want to win games in five weeks, six weeks. Um, why, wouldn't you, yeah. why wouldn't you send them home yeah. and give them off? Like you, you hit a hundred points last night. Um, I would say, I think, I think if they get 10 more points this season, they're probably safe for winning the division. Yeah. Cause I think, I think 110 points puts them clear of whatever Minnesota would be able to get to. They're at 86 right now. So, um, I don't think a hundred is going to get to it, but I think a hundred and ten would probably be. So you just don't, you just don't need to push it. Like they really don't need to push uh, super hard here. They're they're they have such a lead uh, in both the division and the conference. You know, the fourteen points in division and twelve points in conference. There's no need to rush. For sure, definitely. 
the abs can afford to. And hey, if he comes back for uh, if he comes back for Saturday for the home and home against Pittsburgh, great. That's awesome. Yep. Obviously, if he's ready to play, the abs will happily take him. Uh, next question, completely unhockey related, and I'm not sure. I know AJ knows what these are. I don't know if we ever talked about it with Jesse. Uh, what is your opinion of all dressed chips? I have some right here. <laughs> uh, I I actually have only had them once. Uh, I remember them being good. I've got uh, I've talked about them a bunch. Buddy who lives in Toronto, ketchup chips and all dressed are like all this fucking dude talks about. So, um, I ketchup remember having them once, and they were good. Uh, the way AJ's nodding along and what I know my my buddy uh, Harrison says. I'm going to go ahead and vote thumbs up on all dressed. They have all dressed. They make all dressed chips in the United States now. So I think I saw that. Do, yeah. But they're not easy to find. Like, you mean Walmart? Yeah. I don't go to Walmart. I go to Target. That's my I'm, local grocer, and they don't have any all dressed chips. Yeah. I'm, I'm just saying. Kings. Yeah. Your new, your new place. You still going to hit up Target? Oh, that's true. I don't know where my, uh, I don't know what the local uh, grocer is for my new place. Whoa, I'll have whoa, to look. whoa, whoa, whoa. All dressed chicken nuggets. Yeah, Isn't that just like ketchup on chicken nuggets. No, basically. <laughs> uh, I mean, I can't say I've ever had all dressed chicken nuggets for sure. I haven't either. I don't know. I I like monstrosity, uh, like food concoctions, so I would definitely try it. But it yeah, bro, that that maple syrup Pepsi that you guys were talking about on Twitter last week. I, I would try it once. All dressed double down. Is that what we're going for here? Yeah, bring back double down. That was <laughs> that thing was a true monstrosity. The KFC. Yeah. Yeah. For the with the, the chicken, chicken instead of the yeah, as, yeah. As the buns. I never I never yeah. tried it. Um it was greasy I, as hell. I, I remember people saying that it was surprisingly good. Like it was like tolerable. Yeah, for, for what for the buns being chicken patties that it was like actually pretty good. All right. Um, the one of the most popular questions we got asked for today's show was about the first round of the playoffs. Both, who do you think is the best matchup for the Avs? And two, which matchup do you think the NHL wants the most for the Avs in the first? That second one's a good question. Oh, the which one does the NHL want? It wants Vegas to get fully healthy. Sneak yeah. into the last spot and run back Colorado Vegas, yeah. because everybody in the league is gonna. But they're gonna be Panthers fans that are like, yeah, okay, I'm not watching them. They're gonna, they're gonna, they're gonna crush their first round series, and then I'll go, I'll go watch Colorado Vegas. Like that's everybody would want to watch that series because you're fascinated to know, like you've got like the $90 million roster, right? Like you, Hey, they, they successfully navigated the regular season waters. The idea would be that they are then fully healthy. All their guys come back. They successfully circumvented the cap. It was all very touch and go for the last month of the season, but it worked. And then you have Colorado who, Hey, they beat Colorado. Um, the ads are zero and two against Pete DeBoer in playoff series. And who knows, right? A fully healthy Vegas roster. I think that's what the NHL wants. I think the NHL would kill for that. Is there 
no consideration for one running back the Dallas series outside of the bubble. I think the only people who want Dallas to make the postseason are Dallas fans. And two, McKinnon versus McDavid round one. Uh, I don't think that they. I don't think that they would want that because I think that that would stop the battle with Alberta in round two that we're on track for right now. True. And I think a, a round two battle with Alberta would be. Give me that shit. I will. I would stop what I'm doing to watch that series. A hundred percent, knowing full well that if Colorado gets over its second round woes and gets the winner of that series in the conference finals, they're going to crush whoever that is. I saw someone saying the other day because uh, it was the <clears throat> anniversary of the Avs Red Wings brawl in Detroit, mm. and someone Wait, had like someone had like quote tweeted it, and they were like, "There's no teams in." the NHL or pro sports that hate each other the way these two teams do. Someone was like, are you kidding? Edmonton and Calgary. Definitely. It's like there was actual real blood, but I mean, like I, I don't think any rivalry in sports will match that abs Red Wings one again, just like the sheer level of violence, actual violence. But um, I wrote about it in money, uh, Byron piece. Nice. Which, Has not obviously run yet because <laughs> he's not back. Right. But I wrote one. <laughs> it's just yeah, sitting so on while, the shelf. Well, I don't think we'll ever see that type of rivalry again in sports. Uh, it, it, I mean, them getting a battle of Alberta round one, that's what this entire playoff format was supposed to be about, right? Like the interdivision rivalries and yeah. – uh, you know, teams that you play all year, knock each other out. Like that's what the league wants. That's what you'd love to see. Two teams that have a history of not liking each other, play each other all year long, duking it out. So yeah, I I think they want to keep that in the Pacific. Low key. uh, Something that's not gotten talked about a lot yet because it still has a handful of things that would have to go right here. But St. Louis not playing very well and has, I believe, 10 road games to finish their season versus just seven home games. Uh, and they haven't played very well recently. And they are 15, 11, and 5 on the road. So St. Louis having a road-heavy schedule to finish the season. If they slide back to wild card two and we get Colorado-St. Louis again, Run back the sweep. And David Perron gets to play this time. Like, no asterisks, right? No nonsense. Like, everybody's healthy. And Billy Huso's the goaltender in that series. Like, I'm feeling pretty good. Very here for that series. (laughs) That way, that way, Blues fans, because, like, like, we do, like, dismiss St. Louis as a serious threat, right? But. Mostly. La- after last year, there have been like, oh, David Perron didn't play. And I'm like, yeah, please let us do this again. So we can see if David Perron is the difference between a sweep and five games. Yeah, the outcome changing. <laughs> okay. Uh, one Vegas has an easy schedule for the next two and a half weeks. Yeah, they have one of the yeah, except, except they only play five home games. 
Well, so, it's really weird. They played two straight games at Seattle tonight and Friday, or both Vegas at Seattle. Then they've got a home and home with Vancouver, Arizona, Vancouver. And then they have Calgary, Edmonton, New Jersey. And then the rest of the way, it's kind of like whatever. Like it's but, not a very challenging schedule in terms of teams, but they have five home games. Yeah, well, and 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 this is the month where a lot of their games in hand, like they play Seattle tonight and Friday, and then they have one night off that Vancouver. Then after that, for like a week and a half, it's two nights in between every game. Like this is where they they're just going to be sitting, watching the results of other games, hoping yeah. Dallas loses. Right. That's what happens when you have a handful of games played on right. everybody. So like they've got an easy schedule, but like they have they have to have these next two games at Seattle. If they drop even one of those, it gets I mean, an already uphill climb gets almost impossible. So can we can we talk about just about Dallas real quick here? Um, yeah, I know that we're not I, I, like we have a lot of we're going to be talking about this For nonstop weeks. over the yeah. next month. Um, and basically every off day is going to be this conversation, but like, how do you guys feel about a Dallas, Colorado again? Like, I, I don't think it's close. Assuming I mean, the ads are relatively healthy, but so Hayskin in his back and I, even like, at full power doesn't scare me this year. The, even with Joe Pavelski even, averaging three points per game against the abs. Yeah. Yeah, even with superhero Joe Pavelski, if the Avs have an actual goaltender in net, I think they win that series in five or six. Yeah, I just... <clears throat> Dallas is just such a weird team to me. Just, again, like, you just look at the way their season has gone. Like, we've talked about it all year. They they can only do things in, like, clumps. They win three in a row, and they lose five. Then they win four, and then they lose three. And, like... It's just their core has is really starting to age out. Like Joe Pavelski doing this in his what age 37, 38 season. Like mm-hmm. it's pretty crazy. Um, you know, Robertson's a good player, but Jamie Ben isn't who he was. Tyler Sagan isn't who he was. Tyler Patrick- Sagan, like I've watched a decent amount of Dallas recently, and Tyler Sagan looks like somebody stole all of his confidence. Yeah. Like, I don't know if there's something physically wrong where he's trying to protect himself, but he is just, he like, like he does not look like Tyler Sagan was like dynamic and like this close to being a top five center in the NHL. He had an elite shot. He was a great playmaker. Like Tyler Sagan was everything. And now I watch, I watch Tyler Sagan and I'm like, what the hell is this? Like, who is this guy? Like, he right. looks awful. And he looks like he has no confidence in any decision that he makes or that he can make whatever play he's trying to make. He looks awful. And I don't, I, like, on paper, I'm like, oh, man, a team with, like, Robertson and Bradshaw and Ben and Sagan and, you know, you you remove penalties from the, the from the conversation, except for when convenient for the refs. And 
You know, you you get into a really physical series where Jake Ottinger just plays great. I could talk myself into them being a problem, but then I just I watch Sagan play and I watch Ben and I'm just like, who are these guys? Like these guys are shells of their former selves. And like Ben is into his 30s. And he's been he's been slowly physically deteriorating for a little bit. So I'm not surprised there. I'm that's fine. But like Rupe Hints and Gurionov and Robertson, like is that are, are those guys enough? Is Vlad Nemestikov enough? Well, and, and so and so Death that's my right. Like, and I see a bunch of people in in the chat talking about, oh, that team always scares me. It always makes a little, always makes me a little nervous. And I think that's also kind of the point that you're driving at. Just like, ah, oh, those games are always just a little, a little uh, weird, man. Like yeah. outside of the one where the Avs rolled into Dallas, shut them out, and didn't think about like there was no bones about that game. They rolled in, beat up Dallas, shut them out, and walked out with the two points of the year all of their other games have been weird well and and so i i go back to last year's series against st louis right because that was kind of like the same feel that a lot of people had was it's like oh man we we feel like the abs are better but these games with st louis always go a certain way but that's part of the reason why i love the nhl playoffs and and, and you know the nba is the same way you have to win four and yeah. when you have teams like this, in my opinion, this year's Dallas team, last year's St. Louis team. Yeah, they're good teams. They're, they're, they're good teams with good players um, and, you know, goaltenders that can play well. But when you've got to do that four times across seven days against, again, an Avs team that I think we all agree is just better than Dallas this year. Well, and it's we talk about the postseason, too. And I think that we're going to see because we, when we've seen, we've talked about this this year. When the Avs have turned it up and played their best games, they've lost twice. Yep. In regulation, that goofy bounce that beat them in Carolina, and overtime at home against Calgary the first time they played. Yep. Where they played very good games and lost. It's... And I guess maybe you could count that Dallas game where Jake Ottinger rolled into Denver and they stole that win with the abs out shooting them like 42 to 17 or whatever. But that was, that was a different kind. That was like a, you got goalied. Well, so Dallas is interesting too, because of teams in the playoff picture, they are the worst road team by a lot. They are 500 on the road, 16, 16 and two compared to 21, nine and one at home. So I'm well, not, and, I've never been a big believer in home ice advantage, but against that team. Well, and, and hockey's the NHL is one of the, one of the leagues where, because for the most part, Rudo, I, I kind of, am, I agree with that sentiment a little bit more that home ice is becoming less and less important, but two things that that tells you one Dallas really relies on the matchup game. They, they need their matchups to be really successful and and two, the one area where I I do still believe a little bit in, in in the home ice is when you get into those game sevens, those series clinching games, it is nice to be in your own arena in front of your own fans and stuff like that. But yeah, teams that rely that heavily on the matchup and struggle when they don't get it, big red flag. I would also say I don't think that like. 
16 6 and 2 on the road, but Vegas is 16 5 and 1. St. Louis is 15 11 and 5. Edmonton is 16 13 and 5. If you if you actually add up wins and losses, all of these teams have losing records or are 500 yeah. on the road. And then you even get into Minnesota 17 13 and 3. Nashville's 18 13 and 4. Winnipeg is 13 12 and 8. Like, and that's in Vancouver, 18, 14, and 14. None of these teams are good road teams. The best road teams in the conference are Colorado at 21, 10, and 3, and Calgary at 19, 11, and 2. Well, LA is 18, 9, and 5. I'll give them credit, too. But LA balances it by being bad at home. So, yeah. I, I'm just saying, like, when we're talking home ice and all that, like, Colorado's going to have that big advantage. Where the abs, by the way, are 26. Four and three in Wall Arena. I just don't know that I put a lot of stock into overtime losses in the regular season just because it is three on three. Like, yeah, I look at it and I just say those are just games that they lost. I, I, I will, I will add the losses in the OTLs and I'll just say, okay, they played X number of road games. How many did they actually walk out with wins? And that's how sure. I look at it. Fair enough. Uh, if you want to walk out of the liquor store with a win, go get yourself right. some Breck Brew. Jump Very on nice. it. You can also get eight different kinds on tap down at the DNVR bar. So jump on that uh, and use the Breck Beer Locator online. If you're in the States, they have Breck Brew near you. I, of course, drink the Avalanche Amber Ale. Highly recommend. It's one of my favorites. But they have a bunch of different flavors that you can try and get. Literally dozens, whether you like IPAs or uh, lighter beers or if you like reds. They got They got something for everybody. Trust me. Go check out Breck Brew today. And once you get your six-pack of Breck Brew, you can kick back on your couch and watch on Avaca TV. For just 25 bucks a month, they'll send you a receiver. You can watch on your TV just like it used to be back when they were actually on television properly. Or if you have DirecTV, it's a significantly cheaper option. Uh, you do need an internet connection, but you just hook it right up to your TV, turn it on with the remote. You're good to go watching your abs, your nuggets on altitude, or if you like the Rockies, they'll have AT&T Sports Network. They also have some national channels if you're a football fan, things like that. So check out Avaca TV today. They're also our sponsor of the Party Bus on April 16th. Um, I believe we just sold out the first bus. You'll have to double check. Uh, oh, but yeah. I, I believe the first bus is entirely full, so... Uh, Keep your eyes peeled for a secondary bus or possibly tickets for people that already have uh, tickets to the game. Eventually, we'll release the option to just ride the bus with us. Uh, anyway, go over to DNVR Locker for more information on the party bus. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, one of the biggest questions we got was realistic expectations for the playoffs. What is success? What is a disappointment this year for the Avs? Is conference finals, is that minimum for success? Or is this uh, anything less than a cup is a failure? I don't like questions like this because you never know what's going to happen. Because, I I mean, you look at right. the series the against Avs Dallas could, and you're like... If the Avs go into the playoffs and they have eight injuries or something, it's a different story for yeah, sure. Yeah, and that's that's where I think it's like... Yeah, that's a missed opportunity, but that's an that's as much an opportunity taken away from them as it is like missed, right? 
And so I, I don't like questions like that. Uh, I think if they're relatively healthy and they get beat straight up, like I look at Vegas last year and I just say, look, they just got beat. There's a huge caveat that Nazem Kadri didn't play one minute in that series. And we don't talk about it much. We don't know the level of impact it would have had on any of the series. We're always just guessing. But if they get they, – they, the abs as, as constructed, they just got beat, right? Like they just got beat in that series. And if that happens, if, if anybody out west just beats them in a best of seven, it's a huge disappointment. It's a huge disappointment. Yeah, I certainly out west. I, I think any cup finals, anything can happen. Yeah, and like you get to a cup final, like somebody somebody was tweeting at me and was like, "Oh, if, if the Abs lose to the Panthers and Claude Giroux in the cup finals, it'll be a it'll be a disaster." And I'm like, "Really?" If the Abs get to the Cup Finals and lose to that Florida roster, it'll be yeah. a disaster. I was hard, like, hard look, to call I'm, not gonna, I'm not going to say I'm going to feel good about it, but I'm also going to be like, that could that has the potential to be an all-time great Cup Finals. And yep. somebody has to lose that. Like, somebody's going to lose, and that would suck. But it's like, I, I, I think if they just get beat – by a team out west because the this year the gap between them and everybody else is just too big. And I think the gap is a little artificial because Colorado had an all-time great month in January. And that's where they they did their work. You know, it was mentioned on the broadcast last night that the Avs had 31 points that month, the Flames had 10. Like that's a 21 point lead that they put on the flames in that one in one month. Yeah. And I just like, I think, so I think the lead that they have is a little artificial, but when you look at them and you look at how they've played, you look at who they've beaten and you look at how they, their record against all the teams out West, you're like, they've lost a couple against Nashville and two of those have really big asterisks next to them. The Dallas games don't like, they just, lost those games but other than that like they've been dominant against the pacific division and they've kicked the shit out of the central outside of i think four of their five regulation losses have come to have have been uh it's, it's been what two to dallas and one of those was to nashville yep in that in that goofy 15 person game. <laughs> yep. Well, and like, like, look, the goal every year for every team is, is to win a cup for some, it's more realistic than others, but like Montreal showed everyone last year. And again, weird circumstances with the divisions and stuff like that. Sure. But like every team comes into the season saying we want to win a Stanley cup this year. If we don't, we'll be disappointed. To, and now your levels of disappointment are to varying degrees, right? Like if you're the Buffalo Sabres, like, yeah, we'd love to win the Stanley Cup this year. But realistically, we know that's probably not going to happen. So while it'll be a well, it'll be a bummer to not win, we're just hoping to get near the playoffs, right? Like, so there's varying levels of degree, but everyone wants to win a championship. Sports are you play sports to win, right? The abs are at the point where 
they are expecting that is a realistic goal for them. We we want to win a Stanley Cup this year, and we think we are capable, realistically capable of doing it. So from their perspective, if you're Joe Sackick, Jared Bednar, or any of the players, if you don't win a Stanley Cup, yes, it is considered a disappointment, major disappointment. But from our standpoint, and you know, AJ, you and I, the first time I had any point part in covering this team was the 48 point year. So like we're sitting here saying, okay, you still have it. You've come such a far way in such a relatively short amount of time. The bulk of your team, while you have some UFA decisions to make, the bulk of your team, the bulk of your core is locked up long-term. We're all pretty damn confident Nathan McKinnon's going to get done as soon as it can. Um, and that core is still, like, Gabe Landeskog's the old man at 28, 29. And, and so it's like you you still have a legitimate window here. So as much as I hate getting caught up in the second round conversation, yes, this group needs to, they need to get past that. They need to break through that, that second round barrier. But I, I really do think that there is a lack of appreciation from fans at just how damn hard it is to win. 31 yeah. teams will be disappointed with the result of this season. 31 of 32. <laughs> And as, as close to 100% as you can get of teams will be disappointed with the outcome. You want to be the one team that's not. Mm. It is very difficult 30, to do that. 30 teams because one of them is going to win the Stanley Cup and one of them is going to get Shane Wright. So yeah, 30, yeah, yeah. 30 teams will be disappointed. <laughs> okay, yeah. No, great point. But so still, you're trying to avoid being one of 30. It's a really tough thing to do. AJ, you make a great point. Like, you lose in the cup finals to Florida, to Tampa. Those are very, very good teams that are very yeah. difficult to beat. Also, yeah, I mean, if you if you roll in there and you lose the cup finals to Igor Shesterkin and an all-time great goaltending run, like, you're going to feel bad. Right. The, you're going to feel like it's a missed opportunity. But – Otherwise, like you get one of those teams, like is there? And, and the weird thing about the East this year is, is there a single one of those teams that would get to the Cup Finals and you would be surprised by? Because I think the only two teams that I absolutely just do not believe in out East are Washington and the Rangers. Oh, see, the the, the Rangers are my my only one that I would genuinely be surprised if they got to the Cup Final, and I. Guess Washington because the goaltending is exactly, issue. and it's Green and it's like yeah, won't allow me to believe Toronto can do it. But <laughs> I yeah. well, and and like with Toronto, it's again the same conversation as Washington, where you're like, if the goaltending comes together, the rest yeah. of the pieces are there yeah. right. for that team to absolutely go on a good run. But it all has to kind of come together, and you're talking through almost seventy games, it just hasn't. Yeah. On a consistent basis here. And somebody just asked, do do we really believe in Darcy Kemper? I mean, why wouldn't yep. you at this point? Like, Darcy Kemper, I was going through his numbers. He's put up, at this point in his career, this is the second best season that he's ever had in the NHL. With a chance for it to be the best. And he's basically had the third best season among starting goaltenders in the, in the league. He's He's been great. Yep. So I, I, I don't like he's been great and 
Kemper Kemper has been since December first, just percentage points well, worse than Shesterkin. I, I think part of the conflation here for fans that they get wrong is they've put themselves in the cupper bust vehicle when really like Jesse was talking about this is cup or try again next year for the Avs still yeah it's they're exactly where Tampa Bay was you remember Tampa Bay went to the cup finals in 2015 yep. and then went and had their had an all-time great season in 2018-19 yep. yeah and then it took them another year to yeah get and over then the it hump took, it took them going into the Edmonton bubble and like that was a team that got two kind of freebies in the finals with Dallas and Montreal. Like yeah. their cup finals was, and, and you get the Islanders in the in the in the conference finals that pushed them both years. But then they get into the into the conference finals, and it, like this is going to be a way more competitive East field than I think there has been in a, in, a, in a while. And I I'm really curious how Tampa holds up to that, but. Out West, it's not. Like, Colorado's biggest test should be the Cup Finals. So, and and I, I completely agree with, with what AJ just said there. And, and, like, I see this comment here from, from Zach. And I agree with that, the, the, the first part of that. You know, in terms of this season, yeah, it's, it's Cup or bust, for sure. Yeah. But, but, again, realistically, every team that makes the playoffs, it's Cup or bust. You're not like the goal for any of these teams isn't get into the playoffs. That's not, that's not what, what these teams are about. It's get into the playoffs so that you have a shot to win the Stanley cup. So you earn the opportunity to do that. Again, the, 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 the Minnesota wild. I don't think a lot of people would describe them as cup or bust, but they gave up assets for a goaltender and a team that is, is desperately going to need assets over the next couple of years and young players coming in. Uh, you know, Calgary made two moves uh, to, to bring in players at the deadline. All of these teams that are destined for the playoffs, it's cup or bust. The Edmonton Oilers, you know, I know we, we all kind of shake our head because it would be really, really hard for them to actually pull a Connor McDavid trade, but you want to keep Connor McDavid happy. You want to keep that conversation as far away from your team as possible. It's yeah. cup or bust for them. The, I mean, the they, they, they like their Stanley cup might be winning round one. Like yeah. Edmonton, Edmonton getting out of round one would do a lot to sure. assuage the anger in that, in that market. For sure. Because like they're, they are the beneficiary of a horrible division, a horrible division. And if they, if, if they get in and they lose in round one to the LA Kings, which is right now where they would be, that I think that's as bad as them not getting in at all. Yeah. And if they get in and they get to round two and they lose to Calgary, say in the battle of Alberta, it'll hurt. But I think that's a growing pain that they could build on. And that's where I think the perception is different. Like LA is just happy to be here. Edmonton is just trying to win a round to keep the pitchforks at bay. I, 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 I think if you're Calgary, you're looking at this and you're saying you've got to capitalize on this because they've got major money problems. Colorado, major money problems. Those are the two teams out West that are really, 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 really feeling it. 
I would say there's some pressure on St. Louis just because they're a little that they're like like Kairou and Thomas have helped, but a lot of their guys, a lot of their horses are starting to starting to tick into the 30 range. And you start to wonder how much longer. Nashville, you start to wonder how much long. Like Nashville's fascinating to me. Because Philip Forsberg is going to score 40 goals. Matthew Shane has lived up to every inch of that contract for the first time in his life. And UC, UC Soros has been a top seven goaltender this year. And Roman Yossi might win the Norris. At all three levels, all of their stars have maxed out. And they're competing for a wild card. Like, and, and- if, if they don't do anything this year, what does that franchise do? Just continue to lose in the first round for the next several years. Yeah. So I think there's some pressure there. But out west, it's like Colorado and it's Calgary. Those are the two teams that are like, we have to push for the cup now. And and see, I I, I totally agree. And I I guess I'm more of I'm more of speaking in the context of coaches and players. All of those guys, you know. Once you get up into management, ownership, AJ, like you're totally right. Like, you know, Edmonton's ownership and their front office, like we want to win, but for the love of God, give us a series win. Like that is what we need. Like you said, to, to hold off the pitchforks and to keep some of your players feeling like things are going in a positive direction. But all of these, all of these coaches, all of these players, once they get to the playoffs, they're not concerned with moral victories. They all were here to win. We're here to beat every team along the way and, and win the Stanley cup. And so it's, it's such an interesting conversation because it's cover bust is kind of like every team's mentality. But then when you take a step back, AJ, you're hundred percent, right? There is context to all of that stuff. Uh, there are certain teams with more realistic expectations than others, but yeah. the, the, the abs, yeah, they want to win a cup this year. They've pushed all their chips to the middle for this year. But, and again, we're not at the point of looking down the road, looking into the future, but it should hopefully be a little bit of like solace to fans that even if the abs win this year, their window is still just really starting to open. I think that 2015 mm-hmm. lightning good, yep, bearable. Love the discourse. We do have a lot of more questions to get to, though. Uh, next one, Jesse, you and I talked about this during the game the other night. With a relatively healthy lineup, who are the Avs scratches? Um, on the forward side, it's between Logan O'Connor, Nick Abe-Kubel, and probably Darren Helm. Two of those three are probably your scratches, assuming Sturm and Cogliano are in. You could maybe have Cogliano in that conversation of a scratch too. Yeah. So, I mean, you're going to end up with two of Helm, Cogliano, Abe Kubel, and LOC scratched for every game at full health. Yep. Um, That's, I'm also probably going to put McDermott as a forward. Um, just because at fully healthy, you've already got 8D even without him. Yeah. Um, and if you are needing to get him into a game, it's a lot easier to hide your 12th forward than it is your 6th defenseman. Um, so, I mean, I- I've got it as LOC and Abe Kubel in game one. 
Um, but I, I mean, that could very easily be Helm and LOC, Cogliano and Abe Kubel. Um, you know, I asked, I asked Bednar, do you know who you want there? Or, or is this all people have to earn it? And he, he was very, very clear on the forward and defenseman side. The people who are playing, the players who are playing in the playoffs are the guys who earn it. Um, and so I, I, I think that's why we've seen Darren Helm pick up his play in the last two weeks. They, all those guys understand I'm playing in the playoffs. If I'm one of the 12 best skaters. Okay. Not I, cause I'm not cause my contract yeah. status, not cause I'm a veteran it's cause I've earned this spot in the lineup. So it's going to be interesting right now. I, I can only, I would confidently say knack is probably scratched right now. I would confidently say that. Uh, the other spot I think is very much up for grabs. I I think it could be LOC. I think it could be Helm. I really do think it could even be Cogliano. The only one I think they're not mm-hmm. sitting is Sturm because he plays center. I don't think it's going to be Cogliano. Um, just the way he started, I, I think. They're I know he's played leash. well. I I totally understand so, that. I and and like realistically, the timeline involved here of when Landy comes back is going to give like. If There's McKinnon still is way for sure, yeah, yeah. If McKinnon is good, let's say McKinnon plays Saturday, like they tomorrow night, they they against San Jose, they're just like well, good, and he doesn't play, and it's whatever, right? But Saturday comes, and it's the first time that they have Cogliano and Lekkinen in the lineup, and McKinnon drops in. That squeezes Knack out. Yeah, Knack is the I think Knack is first cut, and then after that, my next cut is Helm. Well, and then the other thing that that Bednar you know, made sure to point out was he said, like, look, <clears throat> again, this is all hypothetical that the abs are fully healthy, all 15 forwards available. He made the point of like, and it's not going to be any set. These two guys that are sitting, if the luxury that we have is if a couple, if someone has a bad couple of games, we've got someone that we feel we can plug in. If someone gets a little dinged up, we can give them a night off. If there's a matchup that we like a little bit better in that bottom six, we can do that. So, like, I I think these last, what, 15 games now? You're going to see, you hope, some pretty good play out of that bottom six because those guys are all playing for jobs now. Um, but then once we get into the playoffs, you've got to keep that up. You know, if, if Darren Helm gets, the, gets to, uh, you know, is in the lineup game one, series one, he's going to have to play every night to keep earning that, that spot in the lineup and i think oh that's yeah a great thing if a dude if a dude has a has a like a brutal night you're not wasting time you're pulling that dude out of the lineup and you're like okay we're gonna throw knack in there and we're gonna let him go and do it with you i mean look at the spark that loc provided in that dallas series halfway through it yeah like he came in and fresh legs and it was like you're gonna you're gonna want that in a series at some point we are like, it's, you know, this guy's maybe a little bit worn down. Knack or Helm haven't played in a, in a week or two. They're fresh. They're ready to go. The, the battery is charged. They're going to go out there and they're going to run into somebody. Right. And look, and, I, I, want, I want to apologize in advance and, and ask for forgiveness. Yoel Kiviranta comes in in game seven. It's the first game that he's played. I know. I know. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But it is just kind of like what you're saying. It was fresh legs. It's, it's, you know, that, that dude is a 
bit part player, but he had fresh legs in game seven and it made a difference. And and that's what the abs are hopefully going to have, except it's not going to be a Yoel Kiviranta. It's going to be a guy who's played the entire year as an NHL regular. Um, and, and it's, it's a huge luxury to have again. I apologize. It's going to help. It's definitely going to help. Uh, and then like, obviously if you have an injury, uh, if you have, if you have like a top six injury, it's not great. If those right. guys aren't going to do it for you, but I, I do, and I do wonder if you get better out of Comfer once he is more role appropriate. Sure. In a third line job. Well, and I, I actually On love the, the idea. Sorry, Rude. I, I love the idea of the Lekkonen new hook Comfer. Yeah, I me too. It's a really good fit for everybody. I just, the, those comp, the complementary skills involved the, the skating of all three of them. You have the tenacity. I mean, New Hook has been so much better defensively than we could have ever expected um, yep. him to be. I mean, the fact that they gave him the 2C job last night was seriously like a ringing endorsement of his work as a center this year from Bettner. Uh, because yep. the easy, he up until this point, he had been putting Ranton in there and yep. keeping New Hook down or moving him to the wing. And they gave him that 2C job and. That speaks to the, and I thought he did fine with it. I thought he he was okay. They had, he had some night he he had some moments again. Like Alex Newell has a couple of moments every game where you're just like, girl, kid's gonna be so good in a couple of years. Yeah. Uh, I, this kind of has answered our next question too. Given the forward depth, we didn't really talk about the defense, but we've talked about it before. We don't have to get into it. It seems hard to see the Avs really getting any use out of any black aces this year, uh, especially because the Eagles the Eagles could be on a postseason run of their own. We don't For really sure. know how deep that's going to be. Um, yeah, we don't really know, um, but I I do think that it would take a number of injuries, especially with McDermott's forward defenseman versatility. Yeah, it, you're you're probably talking three or four injuries to each, to to either one of both sides. Yeah, until yeah. right. so you get to an well, eagle. And again, I I really do. I I think that's intentional. You know, nothing against you know those guys that, that they would probably call up in those situations. Cow Sherwood, uh, Sakura, but Maltev. Yes, I'm sorry. Um, but again, like when you get hopefully into rounds two and three, if you need guys coming in, you don't want to be asking guys to be getting their first taste of NHL playoff action. When the stakes are as high as they are, you want guys who are going to come in, feel comfortable being there, understand their role, have some degree of chemistry with guys that they're out there on the ice with. So I, I, I think the way that they've loaded up, was almost kind of intentional so that they weren't having to dip into that black ace pool. Um, again, not that those aren't good players, very skilled, picking out. Well, I mean, you can ask the legitimate question of when was the last time a black ace had a real impact on a deep playoff run? Like, you can be on the here. Last year count? No, not really, because he wasn't really like he. I, I get it. They threw him in for a couple games, and he scored and, a cool goal, but whatever. And like he played in their playoff run, like he he doesn't really count. Sample Ranta doesn't really count. Um, I mean, yeah, Sample wasn't impactful. Full stop. But 
But like, uh, I mean, maybe negative. Yeah, fair. But I, they're just they're deeper in that way this year with experienced guys that are comfortable with expectations and that and the like. So, cool. Okay, we are brought to you by uh, Lightshade. You can go over there and get all of your CBD and THC needs at any of their 11 locations in the Denver metro area, including Ripple, which is a fast-acting, dissolvable, proven to hit two times faster than your leading gummy. You can put it in just about anything, and it'll start absorbing within 10 minutes, so you get a consistent experience every single time. Or if you don't want to bake some brownies with it or anything, you can use their ripsticks, pour it directly on your tongue, and get the THC that you're looking for. So go check out Ripple over at Lightshade. Get 25% off your order when you use code DNVR at checkout. You can shop online at Lightshade.com for pickup or, of course, visit any of the 11 Lightshade locations near you. And head on over to DraftKings and use that DNVR code, too. When you sign up for a new account with the DNVR code at DraftKings, there's still time to get in on March Madness. Pick the winner of any game that is left. You can bet $5 to win $200 in free bets with DraftKings through the March Madness tournament. Then you can take that $200 and turn around. And is it really cup or bust for the Avs? Put your money where your mouth is. Pick the Avs to win the cup. I don't even know what the Avs odds are right now, but I'm sure they're still relatively good. Uh, you know, it's it's not even the playoffs yet. So go over there. You can bet on whatever you want, whether it be hockey, basketball, baseball, badminton, bowling, lawn, bowling, you name it. You can uh, you can bet on it with DraftKings. Uh, check them out today. Use that DNVR code. It must be 21 or older. Colorado only. Other terms, restrictions, and conditions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. And of course, if you have a gambling problem, call one 800 522-4700. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook. The title question of the day, what's wrong with the Avs at five on five? They've only had one five on five goal in their last six periods outside of that Philly game where they kind of went off. There's been a, a lack of five-on-five scoring from this team as late. They've been getting by on special teams for the most part. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm not that worried about it, but what's your guys' take on this? Ebbs and flows. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, we expect, especially when a team has played as well as the Avs have this year, like, you can forget that this isn't like scripted theater where it's like there is just ebbs and flows to the way that things go. And sometimes things are clicking great. Sometimes they're not. That sucks. The important thing is that they're finding ways to win games. Yeah. It, I just and can't be bothered by that. Like you also keep in mind that like Gabe Landeskog is a legit, very good play driver yep. of, a, of a forward for you. Uh, he and he does so many good things all over the ice for you that he's his his loss is meaningful. It, well, it, like it's like Valentushkin has been as good as any of us could have hoped, filling in on that top line, and you still see the yeah. gap. Yeah, you still see it on an almost a nightly basis where you're like, Landy would have made that play. Yep, and it's funny because. We talk about Landy as the bum on that line. Like, we talk about him as, like, he's not as naturally gifted talent-wise 
as his as as Ranton and, and McKinnon are, who are two of the most like physically gifted, just raw talent wise, most talent, two of the most talented, just raw talent players in the entire world. And there's still a gap to Landy, and there's an even there's still a gap to Nachushkin. And you see that. Like, you see the difference that it makes. And last night, like, Nachushkin scores two great goals by being smart and 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 just getting it done, right? Like, a great deflection, and then he goes to the front of that, puts a stick down, and Miko makes an unbelievable play. Like, the shot pass lands perfectly on a stick, and he doesn't flub it. It's dope. Great hockey. But... It's more hockey smarts that have gotten Nachushkin to where he has succeeded on that line than a lot of like, oh my god, the skill, right? Actual the talent. out talenting people, yeah. Yeah, and so I think that I think that you can see what they're missing in a guy like Landis Cog, who brings a lot of it at five on five. You can see what they're missing, and and hasn't been talked about a lot, but you're really seeing, you're you're really seeing. No Sam Gerard, no Bowen Byron on the back end. And how aggressive, like we talk, oh, the Avs defense. This is the highest scoring Avs defense that they've had that in franchise history. Well, it's not coming from guys like Jack Johnson and Josh Manson and, and even Eric Johnson to a like Eric Johnson's like the bridge between your offensive guys that you expect production from and your offensive black holes that you're just like, just hit people, please. Like, just hit people and play great defense and kill penalties. But the – I think I think you're seeing, like, with no Sam Gerrard driving play, with no Bowen Byron back there, you're just seeing, like, offensively, they're not as dynamic all throughout the lineup as they have been uh, because they're just – some of their play drivers just are just not there anymore. They're just physically not there. And Sam Gerard greatly struggled, but you saw on a nightly basis his expected goals for was still being driven in the right direction. He was still helping to create. He was still moving pucks better than these other guys are capable of at this point in their careers. Even even the compromised version of Sam Gerard. I mean, for the record, Sam Gerard greatly struggling is a forty-point pace, right? <laughs> in a full season, <laughs> like right. So, like, like Sam, 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 like they get Sam Gerard back, they get Bowen Byron back, dude. They're gonna go to a completely different place. Yep. Their play driving, their defense gets better. Their play driving changes. Complete, it completely changes. Yep. Um. It would lift the curtain to the a little bit to the offseason here. We don't have to go too deep into this, but we did have this conversation the other day. I think it was off air. Val Nachushkin and secondarily Dershey Kemper and maybe tertiary if we want to get into it, Andre Burakovsky. What are contracts looking like? I, I know we had a, a long conversation where we settled somewhere around five for Val Nachushkin. Yeah. I, I... I, I would kind of stand by that four years, five years, if that gets it done at anywhere. I think you and I agreed, Rudo. I would love 4.5. Yeah. Um, but I mean, look, as good as he's been this year and, and what you, what encourages you about Val Nachushkin 
is that it wasn't just like, yeah, he was a decent fourth line guy the last couple of years. And now he's having this breakout. You're going to have to pay him. Like the dude has gotten incrementally better. I, I mean, not even every year, like every 20 games, I feel like since he arrived in Colorado, it's been like, wow, there's a nice step. Wow. He's doing way more. Wow. He's really contributing more than he was before. He just, he just keeps kind of ramping up. He seems like he's getting more comfortable. This system seems like a great fit for him and what he does. Um, so you, you hope that, that he likes to fit just as much as everyone else. And yeah, you know, five mil, I, I think you're comfortable with and saying, cool, there's a second line winger for us for the next however many years. AJ, I know you were you were the guy pushing for maybe a little bit higher than five. Well, I was saying if he like pounded the table for it, and I was saying if you had to go to five point five or lose the player, would you do it? That's the conversation that I was having. But I think if you look at the Tom Wilson contract, um, that's a pretty solid comparable for a guy that gives you a. I mean, he's a twenty, basically going to be a twenty twenty guy right now. Um, maybe a little more by the end of the year. You would hope a little more by the end of the year. Um, but that's that's kind of the deal that I think that you use as your barometer is, is the Tom Wilson uh, contract, and which is at 5.166 or whatever. Yeah. And I think that that's probably where you come in and you say, okay, that's, that's the deal that we want to use as – um, you know, we believe we believe that this is who you are. We believe that you're going to be a part of our top six. We believe that you're going to be an impact guy for us every night. Um, I'm I'm all I'm all for giving him that money, and I think that his DNA is so important to their success. Just the all his all around contributions. Uh, you know, we've seen him great on the penalty kill. He's an elite defensive wing. Uh, just good things follow him, um, and he's he, he's one of their he's one of their their few players that really stands out with hockey smarts. Well, and again, AJ, you just said something there like about him fitting the identity. The dude works his ass off on and off the ice, and that Jared Bednar loves guys who work hard, who don't leave anything out there, who don't take shifts off. I mean, cliche, 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 but like, look, we, we, we've seen a couple of really good players over the last couple of years kind of work their way out of Colorado's lineup because they don't bring it every night. That's one of his criticisms that he regularly levies against uh, Andre Burakovsky. Make sure you put in the work first. When he stops putting in the work first, the results don't follow. You never have that issue with Val Nachushkin. The dude is always – Again, to use Bednar's term, putting in the work first. And that's why I think you're seeing the results that he gets uh, or he's getting this year. Um, so on top of everything that he's done on the ice, I, I think that's a great call out, AJ. That he just – Val Nachushkin's identity fits with who the abs are really well. Yep. Uh, Kemper, a bit of a hard one to judge. We've talked about it before. A playoff performance really could swing his contract a lot of different directions. Yep. Uh, remember, keep in mind during the regular season last year, Grubauer would put up a good performance or have a great game, and we'd all be like, just sign him. Yep, and then he goes into the postseason and plays the way that he did, and you're just like, maybe we don't pay him six million dollars. Yeah, like it gave everybody, it gave everybody in Colorado just enough pause that that you know they moved off of that decision. Um, 
So Kemper is still to be determined, but with his age, I think you've got to be looking at him as more of like a four-year deal. Yep. So, um, and I think that $6 million number, you're going to be right. You're going to be somewhere right in that range. Yep. AJ, I know, I know you don't like their show, but the Spittin' Chicklets guys had Hey Duke on. Yesterday, I haven't listened to it, but they just posted a clip where he's talking about how Sean Podine wore his gear for 24 hours after they won the Oh, yeah. That was Legendary one of my favorite story. stories from, from that cup celebration that skates and everything and just wore his gear for the next 24 hours. So good. It's disgusting, but hilarious. yeah, yeah, and like he would like he like went out around Denver and she like skate guards on and stuff. But like that's a really cool thing, but that dude probably reeked in whatever bars he was getting slammered in. Yeah, he, he doesn't care. Yeah. <laughs> After the second bar, he doesn't remember either, probably. So that and then the Ray Bork shaving his beard like in the locker room, uh, like showers is another one that always cracked me up. Whatever works for you. Yeah, rock it for the superstition, but get rid of it as soon as he didn't need it anymore. Um <laughs> uh, okay. Uh that that was most of the questions from Twitter. Do we have any do we have any like quick hitters that we can burn through real fast? Yeah, let me let me find a couple of easy ones. Uh favorite Mario Kart. N sixty four. Agreed. I mean the most recent one is the perfect version of Mario Kart. <laughs> uh all right. Should be a couple uh what is your favorite discontinued snack? It was Dunkaroos, and they came back. <laughs> yeah, that was my immediate answer. But then I was like, actually, I've got some Dunkaroos downstairs. Yeah, they came back, so I I no longer have a. Uh, I no longer have. I I tell you the. Um, what was it? The. I can't remember what it was called now. It was like the Mountain Dew, like blackout one. Pitch black. It's black. Thank you. Yep, that. Well, I'll go with that because I love that. This? Nope. It was like a little like uh like fruit snack, but it peeled off the cardboard. Not um, really. Nope. Yeah, no, it was really good. And the snack isn't discontinued, but I hate the fact that Gushers bags aren't like the matte feel anymore. Be, yeah. Yeah, that was a that was a classic snack staple <laughs> yeah uh i think i don't know chat what what random quick questions do you how do you want answered while i look through the rest of these yeah Maybe. are there any quick hitters that you guys want to want answered <laughs> it's just since we're here and you guys have been hanging out with us and i don't know about you guys but i don't have anything else going on the rest of today I got to write power rankings, but extremely that's about it. scheduled nap coming up. Okay. I'm gonna go lay in bed and play Paper Mario on the N64. Hell yeah! I was gonna say, where the fuck are you playing Paper Mario? But I, yep. it's on. Uh, they not, released. Yeah, they released the N64 thing on the Switch now. Yep. Yeah, what? so it's got it, Paper it, Mario it, it, on there. Basically, all of the old. All right. Well, I gotta go. So. P.S. <laughs> uh, Mario Mario Kart 64 is in there. Shut up. Yeah. Leckin also contract. the new uh Lekin and Contract. Um I think you're probably looking at three to four million somewhere in there, and you'd want that to probably be four to four or five years. Okay. Um how worried are y'all about Mac? Not worried. 
Yeah, genuinely not worried. Which comes first, a new guy goal or a new hook goal? Uh, I'm going to say a new hook goal set up by a new guy. There we go. Good answer. Uh, I who wins Eurovision this year? I don't even. I haven't watched any Eurovision at all, so Iceland. no idea. Iceland. They're the. They always send the death metal band, right? Like, I don't know, man. I'm just. If I anything that I'm allowed to vote Iceland in, I vote Iceland. Uh, do you let Berkey walk? Depends on what he wants. Yeah, it that it depends on what he wants, but I think Andre Burkowski is getting. Significantly underappreciated by the Avalanche fan base. I, on the I whole agree way. with that too. His his because overall production this year has been very very good. It's it's great, and if you look at his time in Colorado, his points per sixty, his points per sixty is basically top ten among forwards in that time. Yep, who have played like a thousand minutes. Like he's excellent. Okay, like he's very very good and. This, like, oh, he doesn't, oh, he's not scoring, he's not contributing. Like, watch the game last night and tell me that Andre Burakovsky does not have several important plays on the back check. Yep. Like, he's putting in the work. And he's, in, and, like, he goes through his times where he completely disappears and it, it slips on that end. That dude is absolutely going to get $6 million. And if it's not from Colorado, it'll be from somebody else. Yep. There's no way. That guy does not make a major, major amount of money. This I think he's season. worth it too. I I think so. <laughs> Absolutely, the abs the abs have to prioritize guys, but they can afford any of these guys that they want. They just have to make decisions. The answer is uh, the the answer isn't can they afford all of them or can they afford this one guy? It, they cannot afford to keep all of them, but they can afford to keep the ones that they think that they can keep. They could. With the given that they're not keeping Kadri, they can maybe get close to keeping all of them. I think they can. I, Manson included, if you take Kadri yeah. out of there, they can absolutely get close. I did yeah. this math last week. Yep. So. And Evan, no. No, he's he getting. He is getting $6 million. If you think he's not getting $6 million, go and do the homework. It, he's got 47 points in 65 games. I think he'll pretty easily get $6 million. Yeah. I, I actually, <clears throat> if it's not with the abs, I wouldn't be shocked at all if he got more, more than, than six. Th- yeah. some I could totally see a team like Buffalo or someone desperate give him six and a half or seven. Like, I mean, if you're Arizona and you're about to, you're about to draft like Big time centers, right? In your yep. ideal world, and you have Shane all right and Connor Bedard. Let's go, right? And you've got Clayton Keller hanging out there. So, buddy, I do my homework before I open my mouth. I always know what I'm talking about. That's why I'm on this side of the conversation. <laughs> so, I don't know what to tell you, fam. <laughs> it's a a guy who could still very easily get to 20 goals this year. Has put up 40 five-ish points for the last three years running now, and will almost certainly break the 50-point barrier this year. That's a $6 million player, bud. <laughs> yep. And when you look at the the comparable that I always use is the Pavel Buchnevich contract that was signed. Guess what he's making? It's, five, it's 5.8. 
and he had an RFA year left. So close enough. <laughs> and their production is almost exactly the same. Yeah, well, Cap is you know, allegedly going to go up a million dollars this offseason. Yeah. Also, so we'll see. That was always that was always the expectation. Was yeah. that they, it was they were going to try and go get it to go up uh, a million. So we'll see. We will see. Uh, all right. It seems like questions have calmed down. So I guess we are uh, we're going to get out of here and go play a bunch of video games on the Nintendo Wii. Or I guess it's the Switch these days, but yeah, we're gonna go play a bunch of N64 games on the Switch. Yeah, yeah I, think I just might just finish downloading. So <laughs> yeah, 2022. Now I, I really have to go. I've got things to do. All right, we are gonna get out of here. Thank you, chat. We appreciate all of y'all hanging out, asking us questions, all of that kind of stuff. We're back tomorrow with the pregame, postgame, all of that goodness, and then we are gonna be off on Friday. Uh, with the game Saturday. So we appreciate y'all. We hope you will be back tomorrow. And until then, we will talk to you on the next one.